0: Where the DC Cinematic Universe reigns supreme <laughs> alongside the parallel alternate universe timeline of the Snyderverse, we find ourselves in this reality, a reality in which Warner Brothers is falling apart. Welcome to the Movies on the Brain podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brian C. Wood, and with me this evening is my good friend and co-host,
1: Chad Mitz.
0: Welcome to another weird, wild and wacky week in the world of genre. Movie news, small, movie, small week, Jet. No, nope, nothing big, no no and, big
1: surprises. You know, if we would have done this on Sunday like we normally do, I would have said, yeah, there's not a whole lot that happened, but then it all went to hell like in the last two days.
0: Yeah. Um. So before we get into the actual big news of the weekend of the week, I just wanted to talk for a moment. We are um, we're now two thirds of the three fourths of the way through the summer season. Um, the summer season officially ends, lab, you know, Labor Day weekend, end of August. Um, currently, Marvel has the number two and number five domestic box office hits of the year of the summer, um, and only one film, uh, that being Top Gun: Maverick, has an outside shot of hitting a billion dollars your thoughts are on the quote-unquote disappointing thor movie that is going to finish with over 400 million dollars domestically and probably in the same neighborhood seven to eight hundred million dollar neighborhood that ragnarok finished in and the disappointing 935 million dollar doctor strange movie which would have been over a billion had they played in china um and just the box office so far in general as we get ready for bullet train on
1: thursday so um i really haven't kept up with the box office outside of the marvel movies and top gun and really i really haven't kept up with thor either um i i saw what it did opening weekend and i saw the drops and even with all of that i said uh, okay, Thor's still going to cruise to about seven hundred million when all is said and done, and that's right around what Ragnarok did. Uh, and to anybody with a brain, that is a success. Um, so and and that's that's what that's going to be. Uh, people have been, I don't know, I with the it kind of feels like with everything feels like a glut of Marvel, mostly because they're they were the only movers when the pandemic was going on and now everything's coming back to normal. And again, you know, those people like to harp on, all we have is Marvel. Marvel's the only thing that makes movies. So I think uh, uh, this summer felt more like people coming, like trying to find a chink in Marvel's armor to be like, it's come, this is finally coming to an end. This is what was what is actually going to do them in. But then you, when you look at the numbers, again, Thor's going to make over $700 million worldwide. Doctor Strange almost hit a billion. Uh, if for a combination of things, yeah, the word of mouth wasn't as strong as you would have liked it, but this blew the first Doctor Strange out of the water. And again, if they, and I, if they don't put it on Disney Plus when they do, maybe it has just enough to eke over a billion because I think it's less than... It's less than seventy million for sure. Uh, so when people focus on that, it was it was kind of irritating me. That's kind of why part of the reason why I didn't pay as, as much attention to the box office. But overall, um, ba- with Top Gun, which I'm pretty sure is over a billion worldwide, those three movies and then the rest of the movies around it, I th- it's a success for the movie industry coming off the last two years for sure. And that's all that they really care about. Uh, they don't care about who made how much the movie industry as a whole came back this summer, like the first open summer after the pan. Well, we're still in the pandemic, but you know what I mean? Like when everybody's saying everything is open and they did well, you by hook or crook, whatever qualms you have about how they did tickets and whatnot, the movie industry did well this summer. Uh, of course, there were some movies that didn't didn't perform to expectations, some that overperformed, and that's what happens. That's kind of the fun of seeing how this stuff happens in real life. But overall, I think you have to be uh, happy with the box office overall from the summer, uh, unless you hate all block, hate all summer tentpole superheroes that kind of stuff, and in which case you would have wanted it to die on the vine and that didn't happen. So yet again, you're just waiting for all this to strike out. But I think it's overall good for movies. Uh, but I know some people would disagree.
0: I think that if you're comparing, do, if you're running the analytic numbers percentage wise, ticket sales wise, box office wise, excuse me, if you're talking about tickets sold, you're talking about box office share and all the rest of the analytics that, that depart, finance departments look at for major studios you're comparing those against 2019 and the this is running about 30% or so 30% or so behind 2019 um, in fairness it's running about 40 to 60% above 2020 and 2021 but it's not quite where 2019 is but i will also point out that there was this small little film that came out in the summer of 2019 called Ingame That kind of, you know, throws some of those data and analytics out of out of out of whack. The uh, top five domestic films for the box office success so far this summer is number uh, five is Thor Love and Thunder. Number four is uh, Minions, The Rise of Gru. Number three is um, Jurassic World Dominion. Number two is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And number one is a film that, you know, no one saw coming Top Gun Maverick. Um, like that's a solid lineup. Each and every one of those films is over, uh, $400 million domestically. Um, it's, that's a success. It means people are going out. Are they going out to see, you know, are, are they going out to see Marcel the Shell with shoes? No. Um, are they going out to see, um, you know the last the you know whatever the new thing is no, but the going out to see Lightyear no, but like people are going out to the movies in larger numbers than they have before, and or at least in the last two years and I think that that's a positive change, um, you know the Marvel thing it, when you set your box office standards to. Two of your, 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 the last two films and your final phase of in, of phase three, your last two movies, the culmination of the Infinity Saga, are two of the five highest grossing movies of all time. That's an unrealistic expectation. It's, dare we wade into these waters. Eventually, Nick Saban will retire. <laughs> and eventually, Alabama's gonna go back. To the Mike DeBose days and and Dennis Franchione days. And they're going to go back to, yeah, winning the SEC West every once in a while. And, yeah, going to the SEC championship game and playing in the Sugar Bowl. But you know what they're not going to do, Chad? They're not going to be in eight of the last ten national championship games. (laughs) They're not going to win nine championships over 15 years. The they're not going to have another run like that ever once this man finally either retires or dies of a heart attack on the sidelines because he's irreplaceable. Like Dabo built what he built for what? A five-year run? Kirby's, looks built, that way, yeah. K- Kirby's built built what he's built for what? Probably another five-year run. No one's going to build anything, especially with the constantly changing climate of NIL and and you know, the other things that are changing with confortate alignment and and you know, the geography and all that, no one's gonna build something the way Saban has built that sustains for that long and is that dominant. Cletus from Cletus from Motown, Alabama is gonna have to accept that they are gonna go back to the way things were and that this ain't gonna rain forever. And I think that this span of Alabama history, even as great and, and historic as the Alabama legacy is, cough, cough, claim 19 more national championships than you actually won. Uh, as great as the Alabama legacy is, this is a a outlier in terms of the kind of success any football program has had. So, therefore, you cannot judge what comes immediately after this by this. And... Marvel is the box office champ. They are the defending, reigning, undisputed box office champion of the world. The last five, last ten years, they they have whether it's been Iron Man movies, Thor movies, Captain America movies, or Avengers movies, they have reigned supreme. the The world right now, the box office and Hollywood industry world right now, revolves around what are the un the the uh, untitled marvel movie dates that disney has on the calendar. They other studios plan their release strategies around where those dates are cuz they don't want to be anywhere near them because they don't want their products ca- carpet bombed by the fallout of a bil- of another billion dollar marvel movie. Like that's the kind of of, of swag that they, that marvel has. Like so to be judging black widow's box office during the middle of a pandemic in july of 2021 or eternals which by the way i did not realize until uh recently that there was so much anti-eternals hate online for, for that film um you know whether it's it's eternals in november of 2021 whether it's shang chi in july of 2021 whether it's, uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness in 22, in, in May of 22, or Thor Love and Thunder in July of 22. Like, if you're judging everything based off of what Endgame did, or even off of what Far From Home, uh, No Way Home did, you are going to end up in disappointment land. Because you're, the realistic expectations are, well, the movie did cost 180 to 200 million dollars to make yeah so you set your box office projections based off of doubling that plus production and advertising you don't base your expectations for that off of you know infinity war and Endgame, which are you know two billion dollar hits each not not like combined each made over two billion dollars so like you can't you can't judge it it's an outlier you can't judge everything by that and I think that Marvel's getting hit over the head with that kind of double standard. There's that, and there's also... I know you love Cletus uh, from Alabama. It's, it's oh. okay. It's okay to love Cletus from Alabama, Chad.
1: Yeah, I love everybody from Alabama. I love them all. Um, no no offense to anybody listening from Alabama. I, I promise. I love you, if you're listening. But uh, <laughs> um, it's not not only coming off of in game in Infinity War, but the movie right directly preceding it was Spider Man, which also made a billion. Which Doctor Strange was in that movie, and people in these faces, when uh, knowing what you dealt with in Spider Man, and then what the title of Doctor Strange was, they're all putting that together like, oh, this is going to be this big, huge mega movie, and it should make a billion dollars. And that's not exactly what the movie was, and even. So even if it, even if that was the case, it's sh- making a billion dollars is hard. Making a billion dollars doesn't happen every time for everyone. I don't, if you ask people from Marvel, I don't think they would have said we're counting on Dr. Strange making a billion dollars. I think they would have had their reasonable expectations and maybe in confidence, it'll be like, yeah, it's going to make more than this, but this is what we expected to make. Uh, not many, not many studio people do I know going to a movie saying, "Oh yeah, we're gonna make a billion dollars with that." Uh, unless you're Warner Brothers in 2013, uh, but we'll get to that train wreck later. Uh, the Avengers: uh, Infinity War and Endgame. Well, by the time we got to Infinity War and Endgame, people know if you put Avengers in front of it, it's going to make a billion dollars. Then those two, then those movies happened and you saw what happened in those movies. So yes, you can automatically assume that those are going to make over a billion dollars, but uh those are like the only those are the only movies I can think of right now that I would say a studio would have walked in a studio exec would have walked in and said yes, these movies are going to make a billion dollars. I don't think there's any other movies in history that anybody is walking in saying we're making a billion dollars off of this movie.
0: I mean, Force Awakens and and the the Star Wars sequel the first Star Wars sequel Force Awakens you would you would have said that about um but again that's why you're willing to extend a 300 million dollar um investment on that um you know it's not like realistically The Marvel people and more importantly, Bonavista Media and Bonavista Entertainment have a solid idea of where their projections are for all these movies. And I don't remember the expectation for First Avenger being it has to make a billion dollars or it's a failure. And, you know, you, you can't, you can't hold every movie to that standard. Even the Jurassic World franchise, which has been, you know, infamous for pumping out billion dollar movies they're gonna come up just short and they had three legacy characters in that movie and and marketed the hell out of it like they're gonna come up a little bit short of a billion dollars worldwide like you know it's not the easiest thing in the world and it doesn't mean failure you know going back to our alabama analogy do you know how many do you know how many people in the city in, in the city of Tuscaloosa and, and in the Alabama fan base want Nick Saban fired after the kick six? They wanted him <laughs> fired because he was he was just going to go to the Sugar Bowl and play out Oklahoma or Utah or somebody, and he wasn't going to go to the national semifinal or the playoffs, and and they were ready to, they him fired man after winning four national championships out of six. That's how delusional and how, how quickly expectations can change. And I think it's unreasonable to set those expectations for even for Nick Saban that he should be in the playoff or win a national championship every year. Or it's a horrible season. Um, I think it's unfair to put Kevin Feige and Disney and, and Marvel in that same position of, Oh, well, this small little movie about the Eternals that no one's ever heard of needs to make a billion dollars or it's a complete failure. You know, it's just it doesn't work that way. Like the economics and the storytelling and the branding and the marketing just don't work that way.
1: Yeah, you're you're right. The things that those have in common are uh, unreasonable fans. I don't the people in charge have a grasp on what they expect. It's the people that consume it that are having the problems.
0: Well, see, I don't even think this is a Marvel fan, an MCU fan base problem. I think this is an industry problem because I think that the industry is looking for a herald of destruction and death. (laughs) Like, I feel like the industry is looking for a reason to say their interest is slipping their their grasp on the control of the, of the kingdom is slipping. Like they are on the premises of the fall. Um, I can't tell you how many times in the last week or two weeks now since Comic-Con, I've heard Marvel's going to attempt to do something that's damn new, that is that is damn impossible and foolish. They're going to try and release two Avengers movies eight, mu- eight months apart, and there's no practical way you could shoot film and produce two Avengers movies with two different crews and two different directors within eight months. It's just not entirely physically possible. And yet, they act like these people didn't just do two of the biggest films ever made and release them a year apart. Like it's just, I think they're looking for uh, the King to fall in any cracks or any crevices that might lead to think pieces will lead to inevitably 500 think pieces online about how Marvel is dying because Marvel is synonymous with the problem.
1: And I, I, yeah, I see that, I, and I don't get those people. But you know, that's we we've had this discussion several different ways about you know everything. Everything qualifies as movies and just like what you like. But for those that just want the death nail of, um, like, well, broadly they want the death of like franchise movies. More specifically superhero movies and if you're going to really hone in the only successful superhero movies by and large are Marvel movies so they want them all to die and I and to a certain extent I get that I love these movies but they do suck all the they do tend to suck all the oxygen out but that doesn't stop other movies from coming out and last I check at any given time like on the calendar there are four Marvel movies that come out a year so that's that leaves how many other t- movies to come out the rest of the year? There are way, mo- way more non Marvel movies than Marvel movies. There are way more non superhero movies than superhero movies. What do people want to see? Especially now that um, the movie experience is, is what it is, and taking people to the movies is going to cost, even, even if it's just two people, you're, you're looking at at least 40 to 50 bucks, period going to the movies. If people are going to do that, what they equate they want to go to what they equate to a theatrical experience, which are the bigger movies. Does that stop you from releasing anything else? No. But you have I mean, for those that want the doom and gloom and want like more adult movies, you have to understand that more adult me I mean, that means right there. You're cutting off a great portion of your audience. So it's not going to get the same eyeballs nor the same attention. If you want to go see it, go see it. Tell all your friends that want to go see it. And and more than likely, they're going to have somebody from one of these comic book movies and you can tell your friend that doesn't ever go to the movies that, oh, this guy that you like it like Loki or something is in this movie. Go see it. Use, what, use it to your advantage. You're not the, the system is what it is at this point. And the only thing that's going to move it is the people's reception. And even even then, it's still not going to get people to see the movies that these people like. You accept what you like, accept that it's it might not be as big as other things, but there's room for everything.
0: Well, like so my di- my did biggest frustration is not necessarily with the comic book movie or with Marvel in general the biggest issue that I have is with Disney Disney's bulk uh, bulk booking policy and by that I mean they enter into agreements with theater owners and they tell theater owners okay we're going to be releasing Mary Poppins Returns on December 18th and you're going to put it on 15 screens three times a day for three weeks and you cannot play anything else. And if you don't do that, then we will choose not to give you the latest Marvel movie when it comes out. Or they'll say, okay, well, if you agree to put um Mary Poppins Returns on this many screens for this many showings on Uh, this many, this many screens for this many showings for this many days, then you will be able to have the new Marvel movie. But we also want you to play that Marvel movie twice as long on twice as many screens, twice as many times a day. So then we're in this position where not every theater is a multiplex where you have 16 screens, like the ones that me and you go to. Um, the theater, the ANC on O'Neill after the flood reconstructed and took up a couple of, of smaller auditoriums to build the, the Dolby, um, to put the Dolby in there, in that, in that theater. So they also put the theater seats, the, the reclining seats in that, that theater. So that decreased the overall number of seats in the theater and decreased the number of auditoriums that they have. But even still, they have more than 12 auditoriums that they can screen movies in. Not every theater or theatrical space has 16 screens or 12 screens. Some of them have four. Some of them have six. Some of them have, have three. Um, and when you tell a a small theater chain or small theater uh, exhibition group, hey, you've got to play Spider-Man No Way Home on two of your four screens Six times a day, every day for three weeks. Well, then that limits what the, the number of screens and the number of auditoriums they have to screen in everything, everywhere, all at once. Or a th- 10,000 Years of Longing. Or, uh, the, you know, Midsummer. Or, uh, Steve Jobs. Or X. Or, bodies 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 or more sell the shell with shoes on like they have less screens to show that crap on that not crap but that they have less screens to show that on because their screens are being taken up by marvel and disney's holding their them hostage to put marvel on as much as they are because marvel wants as many op- disney wants as many opportunities to sell tickets to a marvel movie to make as much money as they can and so that's the business end of the practice that i disagree with and that i have trouble with and i think that's some of what you refer to when you say sucking up the oxygen but that business practice of bonavista entertainment is a bigger impediment to the growth of film and film entertainment to me than anything any decision kevin feige's making
1: yeah um uh, i oh don't know the this whole topic it it, it annoys me just well, because. How do, you,
0: how do you fix that, Chad? How how do you fix the booking problem, where where studios are telling <laughs> studios are telling independent bookers, independent cinemas, you have to show our film this many times a day for this many days, because if you break that contractual agreement, you leave yourself open to losing out on whatever the next huge thing is and therefore there are less chances for people to come attend your cinema. I don't,
1: I don't have a good answer. Uh, And like, this is the, this is the the other side of, of, you know, the business of, of Disney is that, yeah, while they're providing all this stuff that I do like, they do stuff like this, this is, this is that, this is not right. They know they have a lot of, most of the big movies that people want to see so they can strong arm people and they will do it. Um, But I don't, when, when we let the markets determine everything, I don't know how you stop them from doing it Uh, because they, them specifically, they have the biggest stick. Everybody knows they have the biggest stick. It's not like um, let's say Sony is trying to strong arm theaters to show This one movie, so you can get the big movie, when we don't know... One, we don't know what their big movies are. Two, we don't know if people are going to want to see their big movies. And most studios kind of deal with that. But Disney and maybe Warner Brothers to a a, a smaller extent, they're they're in a power position. And as long as they're in the power position, I don't think outside of... It would take somebody outside of the movie industry with power to come in to make the changes. But uh, there's nobody that's going to do that right now. Nobody cares about that right now. So as long as they are in the power position, that's what they're going to do. So it would take people not going to see their movies and not wanting to see their movies for them to, for theater change to take back some control. And then maybe uh, like, kind of instituting rules that said that keeps them from being strong-armed in the future that's really the only thing i can think of
0: indeed so while we're on the topic of box office and box office success and flowers and all the wonderful bouquets that come along with box office success dc the league of super pets Chad, it ruled the box office. It was number one. It destroyed all the competition, didn't it?
1: How are we defining destroy?
0: It it was number one in the world, wasn't it? Oh, oh wait,
1: no. I mean, in the in the world, uh, maybe I know it was in the country, but that's as much I can give you.
0: It was considered a disappointment, was it not? <sighs>
1: I guess. I don't, I don't really know what they, people were expecting from this movie. It's a, I mean, uh, granted, it is a kids movie with, with superheroes and, and The Rock and it's animated and we just saw uh, Minions do Gangbusters. So, I mean, in comparison, yes, I guess it was a disappointment, but I don't know what Warner Brothers was expecting. That's always key in this. I don't know what the studios are expecting.
0: I mean, wouldn't you expect a mo- a movie that has, you know, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and all the rest, with a voice cast that includes the likes of Keanu Reeves and uh, The Rock and several other huge names, and was marketed basically as. Um, Secret Life of Pets wouldn't you expect that movie to kind of take off or is it being impacted by things that are outside of its control
1: um I don't but what would be outside of its control because I'm thinking about this the way and- the
0: way that the characters have been taken care of and portrayed across the various medias over the last five years
1: Okay, so I don't think that will be an issue for that, because any parent that will be taking their kids to see this movie know that they're not getting the the versions that they've seen before from um, from other D.C. outings. I don't think that would have had that much of an effect on it, Um, but I know there was decent marketing for this movie. Um, because I would see the Rock over everywhere, I would see Kevin Hart everywhere, I saw the commercials everywhere um now in the commercials, it wasn't until later that I saw the cast uh the cast commercials, which I mean I knew the cast most of the cast already, but uh pushing you know Keanu as Batman might have been something that might have struck some people, but i didn't see that till later on so I think it was fairly decently marketed. I, it has a, a cast that should draw attention, a concept like you said, Secret Life of Pets, mm-hmm. which did very well at the box office. Secret Life of Pets with superheroes, mm-hmm. so and, and Kevin Hart in both, now that I think about it. Um, so yeah, you you th- it's sh- it's on paper the recipe should work. However, uh, it was diminishing returns to Secret Life of Pets too. Mm-hmm. It said the uh, well as i remember but not as well as the first one and then um i don't know so i'll say this while i don't think the way dc's characters have been represented in the past had an effect on people going to see this movie now what could have had an effect is just the overall perception of warner brothers and their dc properties as a whole and maybe People just uh, decided that they don't want to pay money to see it, and if they know if they're a little bit savvy, they'll know. Forty-five days later, it's going to be on HBO Max. So, and and again, um, the cost of bringing people to the movie theaters is astronomical. If you're bringing a family, you're looking at at least hell a family of three. You're pushing a hundred dollars already. So. Do I want to take them to this movie that I kind of don't want to see and they're not really talking about? Or we can just wait 45 days and I can surprise them when we can be like, look, we can watch Super Pets. Yay. And I got my popcorn from my cabinet. I I think those are all factors. I don't think that, I I think all of that chipped in and caused the results we got for this movie.
0: That's uh, fair enough. I just, it was interesting to me to see the discourse online about about how the movie performed because i think you know maybe a bigger deal was made of it than it should have been but you know uh as such things are so chad speaking of the world of dc movies and dc television shows um the flash is going to end with an impromptu season nine which you know it had a good run as you said and uh you know a new regime at Warner Brothers slash Discovery is uh, coming in and taking a look at things and going, you know what? This release calendar needs to change. Talk talk to me about the week that was or has been so far in the world of DC, Warner Brothers slash Discovery.
1: <sighs> so, um, so as you mentioned, um, the long-running series, The Flash. Um, it's finally coming to an end with season nine. It's going to have an abbreviated season with 13 episodes. I don't think the canceling of the flash had anything to do with uh, anything else going on around Warner brothers these days. You know, this, the show ran for nine seasons um, is generally well liked. However, um, I mean, I think it just ran its course and there's, there are some issues, like uh, the actress Candace Patton has talked about how difficult it has been sometimes being a black woman on that set and and the trial she's had going along with that that's made it difficult to make the show. So that sh- it was just time. It was going to happen. Now, the rest of this stuff. Um, honestly, I don't even remember what happened yesterday because today was just the last... It's not even been today. It's been like the last six hours. I think WB had their, their um investor call. They didn't have it today. They're having it sometime this week. But around three o'clock, there was news that um the long develop long in development, actually like active development, uh, background movie um was getting pulled from from the slate it wasn't going to come out theatrically and it wasn't going to come out on hbo max which was where it was originally intended to be um it came out like a scoop um i was checking sources i found what seemed to be the source and it was a normal scooper from the rap so that seemed to be you know on the up and up but there was still a chance i didn't really say anything and then it just hit all the trades. They were all saying that this movie's being pulled and um, everybody's talking about it. It's like this is unprecedented. They, they've never seen anything like this. Um, there are rumors saying that people that have seen the movie said it sucks, that it's really bad. Um, other people have been saying that, um, and I think this is more in line with what it is, is that the movie was shot was greenlit and designed under the previous regime that was designing it for HBO Max. And in that, it, uh, it had a smaller budget. The budget blew up a little bit by $10 million because of COVID protocols like everybody else. Um, but, and if you remember from a few months back, there were rumors that they were going to release um, Batgirl on not on HBO Max, but in the theaters. They thought they were they can put it in the theaters, but according to the people talking now, it was like because it was designed for HBO Max, it looks like it was designed for HBO Max, and they couldn't like make it look any better than a smaller budget thing. And the cost for promoting it and putting it in theaters was going to uh out, outweigh the cost they had for producing the movie in general so WB decided to take a loss and that has further been solidified by articles like uh by sites like Variety that said that they're that Warner Brothers is basically taking a write off on this movie and a sequel to the the Scooby Doo movie Scoob that was going to be in production they're going to take a write off on those And uh, so a tax break, essentially, uh, to not have those movies come out now. And I believe that is that is actually what is actually going on. Uh, The problem with that is, is Batgirl is currently, well, it was currently in post-production. And from everything everybody said, it's like they're almost done. Like the movie is done, basically. Uh, so for the, for Warner Brothers to just scrap it, it's really, it's really like kind of unheard of. And I've seen people um, are offended because they feel it's a slap in the face to the artists that have put in all this work to do it. Um, they're saying that this is DC again showing that they have no plan and that their plan is terrible. And if they're and, and that we've seen terrible dc things nothing could be worse than than those all kind of you know angles and things coming out from this um in my opinion has has evolved from the first rumor dropping till you know about an hour from about an hour ago when i read some more of the stuff and and i think i've come to a nice level of uh, confusion level conclusion that may surprise some people
0: and what was that chat
1: <sighs> so i think people will expect me to say that dc's on fire and they can't do shit right probably fair but in this instance i think it shows that this current regime they have a they have a plan for what they want dc on film to be And they're going to carry out that plan. And they've actually told us what that plan is. They want DC. They they don't want to make small budget, smaller budget HBO Max fare. They don't want that for anything. They want when they make movies, they want to make them for the big screen. And specifically, they want to make DC movies for the big screen. So this movie was greenlit under the previous regime that was trying to focus on HBO Max. Um, So when they came in, and like after a few months in, I think that's when we first heard the rumors of them looking at distributing this in the theaters because that is what this regime wants. They want it in the theater. This, but my, now this is just my speculation. At that point, the movie was so far into production, there was no way to get it up to what their level, what they think their level of theatrical output should be.
0: Yeah. This is where that, uh, that quote comes in that uh, we're only interested in doing big movies and Batgirl ain't it.
1: Yeah. That was one of the, one of the uh, more mean ones, but that that's kind of the sentiment It's like, had this like had production not started when it did, like if it would have started where the new regime could have evaluated and then like, maybe put more money into it to make it theatrical, that probably probably would have happened. But it doesn't fit their mold for what they want to do, so instead of putting out a product that they feel is less than, not not the work that the people have done, but just the, way, the presentation of it all and how it's going to feel, um, they didn't want to put out that kind of product, so they pulled the movie. And... I mean, this sucks for a whole lot of people. A lot of people worked on this movie, and it's never going to see—well, we say it's never going to see the light of day, but as of right now, it's not going to see the light of day. Uh, this could have been career-making for Leslie Grace, who was already in um, in The Heights. She was did a good job there, but this is her first starring role, a major starring role. She was going to be on screen, screen with Michael Keaton and J.K. Simmons. Yeah, it's going to suck for all of them.
0: And Brendan Fraser—
1: Oh, yeah, and Brenda Fraser, and uh, and yeah, it was, I was looking forward to actually seeing what he was going to do with the role he had. But when we've talked about DC in the past, uh, a lot of it has been they they get put these people in power when things go wrong. But it's not that just the thing that put them in power is going wrong. They already have like three things down the road. That's already going on that's already come from this poisonous tree that the person in power has to then either fix or just live with and then one of those three things always happens comes out it sucks the person in power that nothing to do with it gets ousted and they put somebody else there so that person now has to deal with the remnants of not the previous guy but two guys before him plus his predecessor and try to get his stuff together so we keep this in the cycle. So by the time we get to somebody like Walter Armada, he's still dealing with the tail end of like two people before him and he's going to make his own stuff. So this regime has said, to hell with that. That's not what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to stop the things that we can't stop. And if we don't like it, and then we're going to go from there. It is. It's not... It is not right for a lot of people. It is unfortunate for a lot of people, but in the world of DC, uh, uh, particularly Warner Brothers DC, this is kind of stopping a cycle of always changing, changing directions, but letting the previous direction still hang over you for one or two projects, which equals like one or two years in production, production time. So this is like, this is slowly putting a stop to this. Um, and I don't. We'll we'll see because, as people are pointing out, you're stopping this one, but there's this big looming thing of the Flash, but the Flash fix, fits their edict of big theatrical thing, but it has so many other things going on with it. It might it, and in, in the thought of getting rid of, you know hanging on hangers on and, and old bad things. People are going to be looking at people going to be looking doubly hard at the flash. Now that this Batgirl thing has happened.
0: Okay. So I have a completely different angle on this. Um, I don't think this is a decision made about creativity. I don't think this is a decision made about the quality of the film, the quality of the costumes, the quality of the of the acting or the directing job that was done by the by the two guys who did a couple of amazing episodes of miss marvel like i don't i don't think this is anything about the artistic side of things i believe this regime as we've as we've turned it discovery uh warner brothers they have been very open about imposing austerity measures Uh, We had a conversation on this podcast about a month ago when word kind of bubbled out about what their direction was going to be for the film division as a whole and talked about these big passion projects that were kind of going to go by the wayside because they were going to be more financially astute about things. And this seems to me to fit the bill of we didn't want to pay for it it could help us financially on our books to not take the loss we're going to take because whether we release it financially or really re-release it on HBO max, we're not going to recoup the hundred million dollars we spent on it. And so instead of just putting it out there and taking the loss and having that on our books, we care about how our books, our balance sheet looks at the end of the year. We want to be in the profit as much as possible so if I can take a tax write-off and basically make it look on my books like this never happened, I'm going to do that because I care more about making sure my balance sheet is straight than about anything else. And I think that's what this decision came down to. Um It's It's that, and it's also, I am seriously now, I don't want to say disconcerted, but like, I really wonder how much Warner Brothers Discovery cares about HBO Max. And and I say this because one of the the previous regime's ideas was we have what is probably the third best streaming service out there. Like in terms of content, in terms of navigation ability, like in terms of, you know, stuff people want to see. Like we have probably the third best uh you know streaming service and it didn't take much for us to transition because we already had hbo go that we were operating and so this was just a step above that the previous regime had ideas about creating original content for hbo max that's that's how blue beetle started that's how this project started like the idea was we're gonna do what netflix does which is we're gonna make original movies for our streaming service so that we can draw eyeballs to them. The best example that I have of this is just last week. Netflix dropped the Russo brothers, uh, the gray man on their service. They paid 200 plus million dollars to make that movie. And it was original content. And its whole purpose was we're going to pay for a movie with Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans directed by the Russo brothers. So we can draw subscribers to our streaming service. And, the idea for DC for Warners was not that much different. We're going to give you a direct to HBO Max, HB, uh, direct to HBO, uh, direct to HBO Max, Sex in the City uh, uh, sequel series. We're going to give you a direct to HBO Max Blue Beetle movie, a straight to HBO Max uh, Teen Titans Go episode featuring uh, Zack Snyder. We're going to give you a direct to HBO Max, uh, Batgirl movie directed by the heads, uh, those guys who did such wonderful things with Miss Marvel. And the idea was that you would create this content and that it would be enough interest would be drummed out that it would drive subscribers to your website or, or to your streaming service. I now am seriously, I'm seriously concerned that they don't care about the streaming service. Which is surprising because Diz Discovery Plus was a huge benefit to them to get all their reality show content out there. So, I, I, with this news, I think it fits their their austerity mandate that they had laid out before to the trades, and I think it fit it, it fits that they don't care about the streaming service or driving subscriber numbers or anything like that. Their focus is is elsewhere. <laughs>
1: I. They care about the streaming service because they have to. That's kind of part of the reason why they got into it. Do but do the they care about it? Previous
0: regime got into it.
1: Well, but they Warner's uh, not Warner's Discovery. Um, I mean, Discovery itself was always uh, they they already had their streaming thing.
0: Yeah, they had Discovery Plus, but Discovery Plus was basically just a giant home for like. My 600 pound life, and you know, 90 day fiance, and all these other small DIY network, TLC network type things that people gravitate to and watch. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't home to the archive of a hundred year plus year old movie studio, which has titles going all the way back to 1917.
1: And okay, so that's where I say that they do care about it because they still have that. The what, what they seem to be shifting away from is we're not we're not so much interested in making new movies for that ca- for for this service. Um, now, I don't know about shows. Uh, I would think because it is HBO, they're still in that market because HBO is known for the shows that they put out, and that might be like their that is like their way of skirting it. HBO is still providing these new shows that we can put on HBO Max. We're just not going to make movies to put new movies that are HBO, HBO Max movies. We want our theatrical content to come to the service when it's time to come to the service. And we already have this back catalog. I think that's the way they're seeing it. So they do care about the service, but they don't care about creating the new content the way the previous regime did for the service.
0: The way Netflix does. Yeah, because because if you notice, Disney Disney doesn't put out as much direct to Disney Plus content.
1: They do shows, but they don't do movies, right? Well, and they what, do do movies. They they do movies, but not that many.
0: Um, and what what are your thoughts on the austerity? Because uh, did you remember that that we had talked about that idea of them cutting down on passion projects and that kind of a thing, and being more more concerned with
1: their finances? Um, I think passion projects have to align with bottom line. They, uh, one of the things that they keep saying about Zasloff is that he is really concerned about the bottom line financially. So if your passion project aligns with something that's going to make money, then I think they're gonna be fine. I think they're gonna go for it. If it's just a passion project to keep, um, you know, legacy directors and actors happy, to always be in, in, in bed with you. Uh, I don't think that's what he's concerned about. His concern is making this company profitable. And that's a lot of why, um, instead of just releasing, releasing Batgirl on HBO Max with little to no fanfare, they're not about to do that. They don't want to do that because it's going to, in the end, cost them more money. So they're very they're very bottom line oriented if they still I think they still want to be in the business of making movies and being like creator friendly. But the creators have to be bringing something to the table that's going to make money. Not some not. So I don't think a project can be made if a project's made and it doesn't make money. I think they can be fine with that. I think if they go in knowing we're just throwing this money at this project and we know it's not going to make it's not going to give us back any return. I think those days are done.
0: But like a good example of this to me is the Leonard Bernstein biopic that uh, Bradley Cooper is going to direct. Like, who's that movie for? What what market is that movie for? Because, yeah, you could potentially get an Oscar run out of it. But like no one's going to pop up and say four tickets for the for the Bernstein movie, please. Um, you know, Barbie at least has the motel backing to it in a huge fan base. Like, you know, who's gonna sit here and say four four tickets to the Bern, Larry Bernstein movie? Well, and, and the think... other, and the other thing too, Chad, is like it's this is a female, an African American female driven movie by two African American directors. You know, this is a diversity project that you're just canning down the line because you're. You don't want to take a risk on it, while you know you'll release any number of you know bad, crappy movies that star white guys.
1: Now that is a legitimate um, criticism, and something that uh, <laughs> something that they're going to have to contend with. I'm laughing because I, I wanted to double check uh, Leslie Grace's ethnicity. So I went to her Wikipedia page. She is. She's Afro-Latina, so you gotta make sure you put the Latina part in there, because she is very much Latina. Um, um, but I was laughing because her page is already updated to include the film's cancellation on it. Uh, but yes, um, and the... I don't know if the directors are African-American. They are... They are people of color. I I just don't remember their ethnicity. Um, they did, you know, Bad Boys for Life, and I think they did uh, Miss Marvel, too. Yeah, they did two episodes uh, of Miss Marvel. Yeah, so yeah, you had a. It's a very diverse creative team that you just shot in the face. That is that is a concern that they're going to have to deal with, and I would hope that they reckoned with that before they pulled the trigger, and now have to and aren't face facing this backlash. Um, uh, bl- well, it's not blindly, but ignorantly, but again, I think I think this dude is like. Bottom line, we got to make money. And I, to him, I think he sees the value in the properties that he has. I think he sees, I really think he looks at DC as a whole and was like, it is the most underperforming division we have because it should be the most profitable division that we have. And we can't get our way because we still keep stubbing our toe on ourselves. And I, I think that is a. So I think. this is going to for DC and WB the next year. It's probably going to be painful because we're going to have more stuff like this. Uh, I keep seeing that they're anticipating tons of layoffs coming soon. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to be a transition It's going to be a very bloody and painful transition. And a lot of people are going to be hurt by this. There is no doubt. I don't want to minimize that. Uh, Again, this movie was going to be Leslie Grace's like starring vehicle. It could have made, been a star turn for her. Uh, she was going to be sharing the screen with some very heavy hitters. Even though it was going to be on HBO Max, that didn't matter. For I'm sure it didn't matter for her, her agents, her career. None of that stuff. Uh, the directors. This was a big deal for them. Uh, all the cast and crew that worked on this, that spent the money, their, their time and energies, making this. The people that when these layoffs come, the people have spent their their adult lives working these jobs that are no longer going to be there because this company has to make cuts to make it profitable is going to affect a lot of things from from every aspect of this company, not just D.C., uh, regular Warner Brothers films, period. Their TV division, their TV uh, networks, we're already seeing TV shows. Being canceled, on TBS and TNT, uh, TV shows on HBO Max are being canceled. The, it's it's going to be a bloodletting. The whole the question is is all this is all this pain going to be worth what's coming out at the end? And specifically to focus on DC, will it get us to a place where people don't see the DC logo and automatically start thinking if it's not Batman, I have to question if it's going to be good. Because that's where they're at right now.
0: It's it's an austerity measure. It's it's austerity practices, and we'll see where the, whether or not they there are lead. There's a whole political economic model that is based on austerity, and you can make arguments for and against both. But I think that this will be an interest. Because the same thing happened with the Fox-Disney merger. Lots of people lost their jobs because two companies... Uh, two companies folded into each other, and there were duplication of job duties, and like everybody got excited about the Fantastic Four and X Men rights going back to Marvel. Didn't didn't ever talk about like the many many practical people whose lives it was going to affect that that those two companies merged.
1: Yeah, that, I, I mean with these mergers that have happened to these studios in recent years, us as fans, a lot of time we get excited for. It like, movie implications, but there are real people that are involved in this, and there are a lot of people that it, this whole thing sucks for them.
0: So I want to read some text, some uh, tweets from our good friend Jim Bavida of IGN.com, who we hope to have on later in the week or early next week. Quote, Here's hoping the Batgirl uh, somehow leaks online or makes the bootleg rounds on the Comic-Con convention circuit so viewers can judge it for themselves. If Warner Brothers. Uh, if Warner Brothers Discovery buries both Star- Batgirl and the Flash, then I do have to wonder if Michael Keaton will sue them. His deal must have something in it about box office and streaming revenues. And also, will ne- will uh, will we never see Keaton's Batman? It's beginning to certainly feel that way. If you think about Warner uh, Brothers Discovery dropping Batgirl or any other DC movie means that there's hope for the Snyderverse being restored, then you, need, then you should take these moves from the new brass as a very bad sign. Remember when J.J. Abrams was going to make a Green Lantern series for HBO? They even cast a, uh, a, an actor as Alan Scott. Maybe J.J. was the first one to get the brute by the new Warner Bros. Discovery bat brass. Canned DC Cinematic Universe Projects. Cyborg, Green Lantern Corps, Justice League Dark, Batgirl, New Gods, Amazons spinoff. DC upcoming DC pro- projects: The Flash, Blue Beetle, Aquaman two, The Batman two, Wonder Woman three, Michael B. Jordan's Superman project, and Amanda Waller spinoff show. Futures and Black Adam or Peacemaker installments. Um. 10 DC movies currently available to stream on HBO Max that Batgirl cannot possibly be worse than. Jonah Hex, Catwoman, Batman and Robin, The Su- the Su- Suicide Squad, Superman 3, Superman 4, Supergirl, Steel, Green Lantern, and Joss Whedon's Justice League. Uh, it seems like a no-brainer to make Joker 2 even if Joaquin reportedly wants 20 million, but I wouldn't be surprised now if the new Warner Brothers Discovery regime balked at it. Black Adam better do damn good at the box office because otherwise I think DCEU is on hiatus until further notice. And I suspect the brass will demand the Batman 2 be made shorter and cheaper to allow for more screenings per day, etc. And the flash getting buried as a tax write down also wouldn't surprise me. After today, some future regime will eventually release it and Batgirl, a la the Zack Snyder Justice League cut.
1: <laughs> you know the thing about that last part is that, uh, unlike the uh, the Snyder cut, this movie will actually exist when this when this happens, and won't cost them a thing.
0: Yeah. So one more from Jim. Between the previous day and date strategy and now simply burying your, uh, burying your $90 million movie based on a known IP, two, sh- two regimes at Warner Brothers have made it very, very hard for filmmakers to trust them. Baz Lerman must realize how lucky he is to have made and released Elvis in this time.
1: <sighs> well, that is the thing. They're going to have to combat. Uh, yeah. The last, the day and date thing was, it didn't, and the thing about that was, it didn't have to be a big thing. It didn't have to be some divisive moment if they would have just told them and worked things out with all these people first. But, um, in their infinite wisdom, they just decided to announce it and then let the chips fall where they may. If they... That is a completely unforced error. This, I mean, this, it depends on who you ask. This could be viewed the same way too. Uh, I really think this is, uh, one of Jim's tweets says that, but I really think this is all about, yes, this does help out. This does help out DC on film and their vision of it that they've stated, but money is the bottom line for the, for Zasloff. Uh, he I think he wants to he wants to get there with the property he has, but money's the bottom line. And it was more financially um responsible to not to not release the movie, take the tax write off, then release it and sink even more well, in his mind, sink even more money into uh sprucing it up and or um promotion of the movie. Uh yeah. In the, for me, for me, I think she, they should just release the damn movie. It, it's, it's already done. If you don't want to promote it, don't, pro, don't promote it. You're well, not I mean, how it. much,
0: there's a tweet also from Jim that talks about like, how much more bloodletting are you trying to, are you trying to stave off? Yeah. There's, there's probably not going to be a DC fandom. There's going to be a mass, they're going to be mass layoffs, as you talked about. Like, it's a complete. Like somebody from Variety or Wall Street Journal needs to do a deep dive on and make public records request about what the financial status of the Warner Brothers uh, film division was and is, because if it, if if you're taking these kind of austerity measures, and I believe in the original report the word austerity was actually used, then you're then you're saying the company was in deep shit, like like if this regime had been in place six months earlier, does Dune 2 get get greenlit? Like, these are the kind of decisions that you now have to question, like, going forward down the road. Like, you create so much more, so many more questions, and so much more concern, from a public relations standpoint, about you and your company by doing this, than you do releasing it on HBO Max in the dead of night and not telling anybody.
1: Yeah, which is what they they should have done. They should have just released it, killed the fanfare. Um, do you think? It, well, it,
0: do you think they could actually do it? Do you think they could actually shelve Flash? Because hmm. I mean, then cause then you're talking about the reason I don't think they would ever do it is because the cost is if you're talking about austerity. And doing it as a cost cutting measure, it would outweigh the the cost would outweigh the benefit. And by this I mean, sure, you may the film may never see the light of day, but you open yourself up to Scarlett Johansson and Disney type litigation. Because you would have to make sure that Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton, at least, get paid because they have incentives in their contracts tied to box office performance and streaming rights. So if, you know, if you have to then pay them to basically go away before you can dump the movie and take the write off, like how big are that? How, how big, like, are we talking about it would cost them? It's already cost them 200 million plus Another, let's say, hundred million in payouts for dividends. If it costs you three hundred million dollars to write this movie off, is are you, like, is that gonna save you enough? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it just doesn't. I, I can't see Keaton and Affleck taking a loss on their on their revenues in order to help the studio save more money on writing their film off.
1: Um, just to. A quick deviation, uh, because Warner Brothers finally released a statement about um, canceling Batgirl. That's what I was reading. Uh, And this is in The Hollywood Reporter. They updated their...
0: So so basically, they've been scolded publicly for six hours since they finally hammered out a press release.
1: Uh, Well, it's a press paragraph, but yes. So it says... The decision to not release Batgirl reflects our leadership stri- strategic shift as it relates to the DC Universe and HBO Max, stated Warner Brothers spokesperson in a statement. Leslie Grace is an incredible ta- incredibly talented actor, and this decision is not a reflection of her performance. We are incredibly grateful to the filmmakers of Batgirl and Scoob Haunted- Holiday Haunt and the respective cast, and we hope to collaborate with everyone again in the near future.
0: Please don't hate us, but we're going to do this anyway.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh the so yeah. I think you know what they prop they could have they they probably could have just what they maybe have been expecting was that they were just going to pull these things off the shelf and nobody noticed um, until somebody. In the building, decided to tell um, the rap, and that's how this whole thing started. Uh, which WB is notoriously bad at leaks. They that is one thing that has stayed constant over the years, no matter who's in charge. Somebody's gonna go run their mouth to somebody else. Uh, so, I mean, the statement, the statement is saying the things that I've said is in that this is a this is a move to. Streamline this is a move to course correct
0: and do that and follow our vision for what we see for HBO Max and the DCEU. Right. But it's right. also, but it's also, don't let this decision, let, let don't think that we made this decision based on the quality of the work or that the costumes were shitty or that the performers sucked. We just right. did this because this is a cost cutting measure for us to save money. Please don't aid us.
1: Right. And then, well, they don't even mention the money. It's just like, we have a direction for DC. This is the way it's going. Which I do believe is true, but I do think the money is the money is very important to all of this.
0: I don't basically what I'm saying is I don't see a way for the Flash to be written off that is budget neutral.
1: Oh. There's absolutely no way. That movie's got to cost upwards of it's probably not 200 million, but it's probably getting close to that. There's no way they can write that off as yeah, as as budget neutral. That's probably the best they could do. They're going to take a loss on that. Um, but so in, in thinking of it like that, and then what Jim said, it's like, well, it making moves like that makes it seem like the books are screwed all the way to hell. And you can't go around taking losses. And as I'm saying all this, I'm try- I, I don't remember any. I can't think of any big movie that this new regime has actually announced that was one of theirs that's something that was that is in production because of them everything everything that's being worked on right now and everything that's been greenlit was stuff that got greenlit and worked on before they got there before the sale was officially done but I don't think they've done they haven't announced anything they haven't it doesn't seem like they started working on anything which makes me think they're really focusing on figuring out getting their house in order. And they've chosen the, what they, they thought they were trying to be sneaky, but it turns out they have chosen the loudest way to do that. But until somebody does the books, I guess I'm really, I'm really going to be paying attention to anything that they green light now. That is not something that's already from an established franchise that was successful. Like, I'm not. I, I'm. I don't care about them greenlighting Batman Two. I don't care about the greenlighting Wonder Woman Three. We know those things were all happening. What's the next big movie Warner Brothers is going to do? Doesn't have to be DC. That this that, that this regime is greenlighting, just to see, get an idea of the scope and feel and budget of the that kind of movie
0: i agree um i just when you're talking about austerity measures it means that there are severe deficits that you're running like majorly severe deficits that you're running across the board and if you're trying to get your house in order that badly to which to the point where again a month or so ago you're talking about no more passion projects and cutting down on this that or the other thing like again i just i just kind of wonder how like You've been the house of idea, the house of our tourism and the house where places let people like Chris Nolan can go and get films made. And you pissed a whole bunch of those folks off. The last regime pissed a whole lot of those those folks off with the day and date uh model. And now this guy's coming in and saying, Unless I you can guarantee me profit, I ain't making your movie. I don't care if you're, it costs you fifty million to make. I don't care if it costs you two hundred million to make. If you can't guarantee me that I'm going to make money off of you, I don't want to have anything to do with it. You can take it and shop it somewhere else. And and that's that's going to chase away some talent. It just just is. Right, and, right. and that's why I, I laughed at the idea of them basically praising this actress whose film they just canned because you just prevented her from getting way more eyeballs on her. <laughs> you know, you just you just hampered her career by making this decision. Yeah. So so good luck to her. It's good luck to you wanting to work with her again in the future.
1: And see, and that was one of the things that I heard doing all the rumors early before they started before actual articles started being written, was that they they like the work that the directors do and they like the work the cast was doing, they love Leslie Grace and they they want to do other things with them, but they're gonna cut this movie. And I mean, the whole thing with You know, with the uh, the passion projects from before, was you let them do you let those those creative people do those things, so you can keep them in the fold. This is the actual opposite of that. We're we're giving you all of you involved. This could be your big breaks, uh, or or the next big step in your careers, and we're just going to take that away. However, we still want to keep you in the fold.
0: Sounds like an oxymoron to me.
1: Oh yeah. Oh uh, Yeah. Uh, and I'm trying to skim through this, but they uh, deadline just has an article of the things that were going on behind the scenes today when this news broke at uh, WB. Um, like, for example, the two directors, uh, one of them got married this weekend and that's where they were. So dude got married. He might, I don't know if he got married today or just this weekend, but they were overseas in Morocco for his wedding. And this happens to them while he's getting hitched. Um, that is pretty, pretty brutal. Uh, oh, so according to this article, they're trying to pare down debt that is believed to be uh, there. It believes to be three billion in debt across all of its <laughs> divisions. So yeah,
0: as I just and got finished saying. In order for you to implement austerity measures, you would have to be running a significant deficit.
1: Okay. Wait, let me... me, Okay. It's,
0: like, incredible. Like, wouldn't you have known that when you were doing the vetting process for buying and purchasing this company?
1: You would think that all that's supposed to be uh, made available to you. And, you know, maybe they were... uh, Overzealous, and we're like, we can handle it. We can handle it, and maybe not. But let me read. I'm gonna read part of this paragraph. Uh, so that there were reasons for the move in both cases. The filmmakers were told that it came down to a quote-unquote uh, purchase accounting maneuver available to Warner Discovery because the company has changed hands and also changed strategy from the previous regime. This opportunity expires in mid-August. Said sources and it allows Warner Brothers Discovery to not have to carry the losses on its books at a time when the studio is trying to pare down three billion in debt across the divisions. So it looks like it's some legal financial loophole. It's
0: it's a tax it's a tax loophole yeah. that they can use to make some of that three billion go away.
1: And but and but it's on the timeline. They've got probably got like a week to get these things done.
0: I mean, that just doesn't look <laughs> that that doesn't look great. That's not that's not a great look. And also, I will suggest that, like, getting waiting until what is it? Uh, almost nine o'clock over there. Uh, yeah, it's almost nine o'clock on the West Coast. And it took you this long when the story broke at three o'clock East Coast time. It took you six hours to get a public relations statement out to the so, trades.
1: So let's be fair. It broke around three. The trades really started running it about five. So four hours, four hours.
0: No. Yeah. Three. Yeah. It's, it took you four hours to put out a small paragraph length statement. Like they reacted quicker to the day and date, you know, explosion than that.
1: Yeah. But those different guys, different guys. Well, this,
0: this would also seem to indicate to me they didn't expect it to
1: be a big mess. No, I I really think they were just trying to, you know. Move it along slowly and people wouldn't pay attention and they could just you know, sweep it under the rug.
0: Didn't quite work out for them, did they?
1: Right. No, no, it did not.
0: And and I'll stand by my statement that if you're $3 billion in debt, you're not green moon Dune 2.
1: Uh, that's a, that's interesting. That's Oh yeah, that's right. Dune came out during the whole Dan date thing. That would be interesting to see. I would I would think from the reaction to Dune that they would because it's one of those, you know, uh it it's a risk, but it's one of those like um it's mitigated by the fact that that movie the first one was so well received.
0: It was well received and you can get Oscar run out
1: of it. Yeah, and 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 you would think that you're going to make at least some money off of it. Um, but yeah, then you factor in that it was day and date and how much money would have made, but it made pretty decently from what I recall. So yeah, it's, it, I think they still would have.
0: It'll be interesting. All right, Chad, so that'll about do it for this week's podcast. You can follow me on Twitter. I am at BCW Tigerfan.
1: I'm at the Mits Theory, and you got to follow us uh, our, our podcast. Um, Twitter account on the brain. Yes, the podcast
0: is at on the brain pod, and our producer is at Grant L. Fletcher. Look out, be on the lookout on the podcast Twitter feed for some more information on how you can help contribute to this good podcast. Thank you very much, and have a pleasant evening.